You're listening to the Big Finish podcast. The time is precisely 2020.06.14. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. This is Nick Briggs speaking to you directly from my very noisy shed. It's absolutely pouring down with rain. Buckets, cats and dogs. This is uh, Benji Clifford chatting into my microphone straight from a non-soundproofed bunker. And what a big finish podcast we have for you, packed with all the usual exciting content you may well have come to expect from the company that specialises in top-flight audio drama and audio books, news, reviews, interviews and previews. Lots of who's there. And uh, another who, of course, is that you may not already know, is that we do Doctor Who's as well. But more on that later on. But if you go to bigfinish.com, you'll see that we produce so, 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 so much more, including our Big Finish Originals range. That's right. In addition to all the established franchises we dabble in, like The Prisoner, Star Cops, Terror Hawks, Captain Scarlet, The Avengers, Space 1999, Adam Adamant Lives, Blake Seven, Time Slip, Callan, Dark Shadows, Torchwood, The Omega Factor and Survivors, we've been producing a series of exciting, entirely original dramas. Check them out now at BigFinish.com. Do it. Just type in originals in the uh, search pane at the top. You know that little thing. Yeah. And as it's just been announced as well at this very moment, in fact, that the latest production in the range, which is, of course, The Human Frontier, written and directed by our very own Mr. Briggs, who's sitting right there across from me uh, in the internet sort of majestic Zoom call world, um, is being renewed for a second series by po- due to popular demand. So very exciting. Mm, here's a reminder of the first series out now and getting rather nice reviews from Big Finish Productions. The volunteers successfully blasted off earlier today in a textbook launch. Yeah, I, I don't want to be put to sleep again. Emergency cryogenic awakening sequence activated. Emergency cryogenic awakening sequence activated. It's a planet. At 307 years into a 900 plus journey, it's a planet. Previously unknown, very possibly life supporting. Very, very possibly. They said they were setting me free. They don't understand. Are you sure? Orbit fire. diagram of a human and a star system. Nilly! It's coming back for you. What? Nilly? What did you mean? Nilly? Yes, Anna? I'm glad you're with me. Thank you, Anna. The Human Frontier by Nicholas Briggs. Big Finish. We love stories. So coming up later, I'll be chatting with actor Pepta Lunkuse, a star of The Human Frontier, about working on the series, life as an actor and her hopes for the future of humanity. 
Also in this podcast, we'll go behind the scenes with Doctor Who, Stranded, starring Paul McGann and Nicola Walker. Director-producer Scott Hancock chats with actor Arthur Darville in an exclusive interview about returning to the role of Doctor Who companion Rory Williams in our brand new spin-off series, The Lone Centurion, not to be missed. It's all happening, isn't it? Naturally, we delve into your emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com and we'll give you a 25% discount <sighs> on a randomly selected Big Finish release. And finally, right at the end of the podcast, there'll be a 15-minute drama tease of Doctor Who stranded for free. But before all of that, it's time to look at our latest reviews. <laughs> Do you hear that rain? It's absolutely tipping down. It's um, it, isn't it? This, it's not raining where you are, then. No, it's just a, a spot of drizzle. But it's, it's just grim. It's just grim is the word I would use. It's just fairly rubbish really but never it's mind just almost yeah about five minutes before i pressed record <sighs> this week as promised last week we'll be looking at the fourth doctor adventure shadow of the sun starring tom baker written by the brilliant rob valentine and produced entirely under lockdown conditions with all the cast remote recorded in isolation but you'd never know first officer it's possible we have a stowaway situation and if anyone on board knows what's happened to professor nicely I think I know who to ask first. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, The Fourth Doctor Adventures, Shadow of the Sun. This is the Gold Star Line. The purpose is glamour, recreation, and living it up like it's 2499. Is it me or is it getting warm down here? You are correct, Miss Crisp. In Heliotopia's warm embrace, we shall be set free. In Heliotopia's warm embrace, we shall be set free. Lady Melina, have you seen my dog or a young woman dressed in animal hide? Uh, I don't like parties much either, Miss... Uh, Leela. Miss Leela. In just over an hour from now, we shall have proven the existence of Heliotopia once and for all. In one hour from now, the ship will be vaporized. Don't you understand? Now, now, Professor. Passengers aren't allowed on the lower decks unless there's an emergency. And there is no emergency, is there, Professor? No emergency at all. Apart from the fact that we're all going to die. Big Finish. We love stories. Yes, this'll do. Perfectly safe. Is he correct, K9? Why are you asking him? Insufficient data. K9 is more cautious than you, Doctor. I'll have you know that my middle name is Prudence. Is it? Just go to bigfinish.com and type Shadow of the Sun into the little search pane, round thing at the top, uh, and you'll find this rather special release. So, first up then, scifibulletin.com says... A story that raises questions about truth. And is that believes or is that an actual... Belies. Belies. Okay, sorry. A story that raises questions about truth and belies the very different production parameters within which it was made. Eight out of ten. Biggity-boo. 
Very uh, cryptic review there mm. from Sci-Fi Bulletin. Uh, cultbox.co.uk says the resolution is spot on and the story captures some of the flavour of our time, pointing out some of the flaws of popular opinion. Inevitably, Shadow of the Sun will be remembered for its lockdown creation, which is a shame. I don't think that's a shame. The effort to record a full cast drama and take it through post-production in lockdown is no small thing. We're doing it with everything, mate. Uh, but this is also a decent story. It certainly is. Tom Baker, Louise Jameson and John Lisa all sound as though they recorded in studio and the usual quality cover and sound design music make this as professional a release as any four out of five of course i love the way people think that we just put out something that would be absolutely really cruddy yeah <laughs> something like being recorded in this shed with the rain outside yes i'm in the tardis uh it's raining in the tardis <laughs> and with loads of people sort of off microphone like this yes sir. Right, yes you're a villain aren't you Yes, I am. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Anyway, hello. Uh, nice <laughs> to meet you in the same place. Very nice to meet you too. <laughs> yes, we're definitely in the same room. Um, Massmovement.co.uk says. <laughs> no, don't. They say. Um, All told, then, uh, Shadow of the Sun feels like an absurdly high-quality Leela and Canine era fourth Doctor story, with a biting satire dressed up in all its finery and heading towards the sun. Uh, it would have felt like that three years from now, when it was initially due to hit our earbuds. Right now, though, it feels like a lesson we all need, delivered in time to make a vital point through exciting, engaging science fantasy drama. Nice. The digitalfix.com says Shadow of the Sun is a cracking old school Doctor Who adventure which grapples with the tension between faith and evidence and relies on the tragedy of mankind's hubris rather than a four-eyed space monster to generate tension. No mere novelty for the unique nature of its recording, this story is a triumph of creativity and DIY excellence. That's right, the edging on the shelves was perfect. Superb, uh, Shadow yeah. is a real treat and even better for being unwrapped and enjoyed four years ahead of schedule. Warpedfactor.com says, uh, as a proof of concept for recording audio drama during uh, during COVID-19, Shadow of the Sun is a massive success. Just as importantly, perhaps, it's also a strong story that showcases everything Big Finish have excelled at doing with Doctor Who over the last two decades. Yeah, yeah. If you've not heard a Big Finish Doctor Who adventure before, what? do yourself a favour and get this one. Go on. If only to escape the world we're living in for 70 minutes or so, and perhaps discover a whole universe of adventures that you've missed out on before. That's right, there's loads of it. Blogtohu.com says beyond the technical achievement of delivering this story during lockdown, Shadow of the Sun is a brilliant release. Robert Valentine has written a terrifically thought-provoking piece. Totally agree with that, yeah. What starts out as a simple rescue mission turns neatly subverting expectations. How do you save a ship of people from destruction if they don't want to be saved? All the while the listener is wondering what will happen in the end. Funny that. I won't spoil the conclusion here, thank you, but it is pretty powerful stuff. Congratulations to all involved at Big Finish with delivering Shadow of the Sun. It truly is a triumph in adversity and deserves your support. Oh, thank you, Doctor Who. Sci-fi post on... <laughs> I was just going to say sci-fi post.com. It's not net, isn't it? Sci-fi... I'm just not reading... SciFiPulse.net says if Doctor Who Shadow of the Sun was anything to go by, lockdown storytelling will be top notch throughout. Thank you, Big Finish, for keeping calm and carrying on. 
There you go. Uh, whoreview.wordpress.com and the uh, O in Who is a zero. Mm. Uh, all in all, uh, Shadow of the Sun is a strong story with some great performances and recorded entirely in isolation, a brilliant feat of modern technology. Yes, the central plot is particularly pertinent given the current pandemic, dealing as it does with a group of people whose ignorance of science ends up putting everyone in danger, which makes for a shockingly topical listen to. Add to this some great sound design and music from Toby Robinson and Jamie Robertson, and The Shadow of the Sun comes highly recommended for Golden Stars. It's right, the Robertson brothers there. Absolutely uh, Robinson. great team. Harold Robbins. Oh, Harold Robbins. IndieMacUser.co.uk says, Overall, Shadow of the Sun straddles the line between an hour of entertainment for these trying times and a commentary on these times that may have the power to change minds before people fall into their own sons. 8 out of 10. Mm. Let's see. Uh, MichaelGolonewski.com says Shadow of the Sun. Then turns out to be an immense surprise, a fantastic fourth Doctor adventure that's fun, while also especially modern and relevant. Beyond the scope of how it was created, which is a true example of how to handle work amongst adversity and hardship, all of its elements work in creating an adventure that feels grounded, but still somehow refreshing given the struggles we're all going through. It's a much-needed ray of dark sunshine and a well-recommended piece of classic who goodness for us as Whovians to sink our teeth into. Well, there'll be more reviews next week here in the Big Finish Podcast. Coming up soon, I'll be chatting to actor Pepta Lunkuse about her starring role in The Human Frontier and her thoughts about the series being renewed. But before that, let's talk about Rory Williams, the lone centurion. Companion of the 11th Doctor, husband of Amy Pond and guardian of the Pandorica for nearly 2,000 years. Rory returns in his own full cast audio series from Big Finish. It's basically just him, isn't it? Sat outside the Pandorica sort of looking at his watch and saying... No, it's a full cast audio drama. It is not him sitting outside the Pandora looking at his watch. Just like to confirm that for any listeners in uh, confused on that point. Well, I can tell you more about it. Legend tells of the Lone Centurion, a mysterious figure dressed as a Roman soldier who stood guard over the Pandorica, warning off those who would attempt to open it. A constant warrior whose story appeared in folk history of a dozen civilizations. The Lone Centurion Volumes 1 and 2 are now available to pre-order as Collector's Edition 3-box sets or downloads exclusively at bigfinish.com. You think they would have given him a chair, really, don't you? You know, if you stood outside for 2,000 years. I think it's think... difficult to sit down in that armour. Yeah, I suppose it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be quite Might uncomfortable. Mischief. Especially the breastplate. It would go right up into your, oh, into your neck, wouldn't it? You know. Doesn't bear thinking about, does it? Oh, no, it doesn't, love. It doesn't. Uh, Arthur Darville returns to reply to the character he first played on television in the 2010 Doctor Who story, The Eleventh Hour. Cracking oh. story. Um, in a brand new series of adventures taking Rory all over the world. Here he chats with director Scott Hancock about returning to be Rory again. Hello, welcome to this little bit of the Big Finish podcast. Um, I'm Scott Hancock, producer and director, and I'm here with... Arthur Darville. <laughs> do, Hello. Do you want to say that a bit louder? I'm Arthur Darville. Hi. <laughs> Hello. It's me. Back as Rory. Yes, I know. How exciting. I guess for all the time you've been doing conventions and things like that over recent years... People have probably been saying, when will you 
come back. Well, there's always been people going, oh, oh you should you should come back to the show. It's like, well, that's a <laughs> our story's over. <laughs> so that hmm. would be very difficult. And we always said that we'd never go back. And B, you know, it's not within our control, uh, even if we wanted to. And we always, like, I mean, myself and Karen and Matt always have always talked about it, about this as a concept. But the feeling amongst us, and which I still stand by, actually, is that, um, yeah, our story was so neat and well done that to interfere too much with it... Hmm. would take something away from what we from what we did so yes yeah, so people have well, that's always been my answer and that does stand but then you you asked me to do this and it just seemed like a an offer i couldn't refuse yeah well it was it was actually your mother ah who, really um, <laughs> i i think um <laughs> said because yeah. because i'd been working that with your mum quite so a bit <laughs> and yeah. uh she, she kept saying oh arthur says hi and oh, you know you. would love to do more stuff and yeah. i think you know we got you in for a torchwood and well i love i mean cause the other thing is i love doing these big finish things i mean whether i like the variety of playing lots of different parts and mm. i like the social of it and the chance to flex those kind of acting muscles you wouldn't normally get the chance to flex i think uh, yeah, just with the variety of stuff you get to do on audio, and I love I love audio drama. Like it's it's I grew up listening to so much stuff, and especially kind of a lot of comedy stuff. So um, I really love it. Um, so yeah, so I've done a few a few bits with you guys in the past, but I think that's it. Having having been told you know you wanted to do more, it, it was a sort of easy thing to go. Well, why don't we explore? Rory a bit more and on screen you've got this lovely period where you're you're on your own yeah and you know I, I know we had a chat in a lovely London cafe about <laughs> what we could do and and how we make it work and you know we were very keen that whatever we gave you would not just be Rory as he was on screen so we could you know it's he yeah. still feels very much the same character but we get to see lots of different sides of him away from the Doctor and Amy well as I was saying Kind of earlier on, I think it's a really interesting point in his development as a character, uh, where he goes from being a, an outsider to very much part of the story in terms of how he sees himself. Mm. You know, for the whole of that first season, he's chasing them around and and you know trying to get Amy back, and but still very much the. I was very keen to make him, and you know, and Stephen was to, to make him the the audiences ally in terms of how regular regular people i.e. not the Doctor and Amy would um, react to a lot of those situations and I think that that's one of the reasons why the dynamic between the three of us worked so well is because we had everyone was involved in different levels with different perspectives uh, and I think this is a really interesting point in his story because he's in the transition from going between looking in to looking out, which I think is quite interesting. Were you quite nervous about, you know, Rory being handled by different people, I suppose? Because previously you've always done stuff for the BBC, so Stephen was always more immediately across it. Yeah. Yes, I suppose I was, actually. But then what's great about... I don't know. As soon as I read the scripts, 
I was like, oh, well, they totally get it. Like, they've really, you know, David and Sarah and Jacqueline have really nailed his voice. I don't know how they've done that, but it's... um it's really it's really lovely actually it's really lovely that they've i feel like they've really got who he is as a mm. as a person so it's it's all my fears were absolutely uh, laid to rest when i when i read through the scripts for the first time and how have you found the whole experience of recording i mean recording in lockdown is a bit odd anyway but you know coming back to the character and working with different actors who you can't sort of see and yeah I kind of felt um I suppose I was quite nervous when we started but then you kind of have to lose that very quickly because otherwise you just fall apart and also it's you know it's so quick that, mm. um, but it's so not like I don't know it was it's I think Rory's got such a specific way of talking uh which I don't you know it it it's close to my voice but he is there is a way that he forms his well, it's not really an accent but it is a slightly different voice that I haven't really used for quite a long time hmm. uh, so it was really, it's been really interesting getting my mouth around how his mouth works again um, uh, but really fun really fun to revisit it I mean this the, the lockdown has provided quite a bit of reflection time and we we, we did a um we did a watch along, tweet along with mm. Matt and Kaza and Stephen for the eleventh hour, which I'd not seen in ten years because it was a, the ten year anniversary. Which just seems oh, blind. I don't know where all that <laughs> time's gone. Yeah, so the lockdown started with that for me, and I was dreading that um, because it's not nice to watch yourself doing. Things. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's a boring thing, but most actors say this. They don't really enjoy watching themselves. Um, but enough time has passed, and I watched it and just went, oh, this is really good. It's really good. Uh, and I suppose enough time has gone past, and I've done so many other things, that it was just such a lovely... It's been a lovely way to revisit it in a, in a, in a very different way to what, you know, to what it was, but to, to do something more with this character who I think is a really fun character to put in these situations because he has this kind of slightly innocent but kind of I mean he's he's quite worthy isn't he but but without mm. being being too annoying which is quite an amazing balance um but he's just a really nice he's a really nice person I, I remember you saying during our initial conversations that yeah. above all else you wanted it to be funny yes yeah yeah I think, I think for these stories especially, I th- it would be awful if it was all, if it was all doom and gloom. And I think it is funny him being put in these situations. And I've got to say, the writers really ran with that. I mean, some of it, <laughs> some of it's hilarious. Really, really, really. Nothing funny. is but underplayed. Even, I think it's fair. To nothing say. is underplayed. So the, it is funny, but it's also quite epic, which is which is so lovely with what you can do on audio to have these huge stories, which you know mm. in in. In another medium, would be would break the budget. And we've got more lined up as well. Yes. Um, what are you looking forward to doing with Rory in future? Well, I'm really excited to see what like now we've done this. I'm really excited to see what the other writers do with him because I think uh, this has really proved that it works. Um, and there's so I mean, two thousand years is a lot of history, mm. isn't it? I mean. 
I say I want it all to be funny. I do want it all to be funny, but we could, you know, we could really explore some, some, you know, give the the slightly revisionist uh, take on some historical events. And I think it's it's really interesting having someone from now or from you know ten years ago put into different periods in time where you know everyone thinks that they're the most progressive living in the most progressive time or you know mm. c- certain people do in, in that time and it's interesting to that's been what's been really interesting about this one and done in a very light-hearted way but you know we did you know touch on slavery and and how people are treated and you know all of that and i think it's interesting to pop him into time periods and places where his values clash with the values of the time and place on which note thank you so much for chatting with us thank you <laughs> and uh, we shall end it there super easy all you need to do is type in lost yes. centurion or spell centurion because it's a weirdly deceptive word isn't it C-E-N-T-U-R-I-O-N Pop that in your, your search pane at the top of bigfinish.com oh, yes. and uh, you, you can order these fantastically exciting adventures. Gosh, right. Additionally, uh, to celebrate the announcement of this historic new series, Big Finish is also holding a flash sale wow! on the Arthur Darville back catalogue. For a limited time, the following releases are available up to 50% off when bought directly from the Big Finish website. That's bigfinish.com. Yeah, and titles include uh, Bernice Summerfield, Road Trip, Dark Shadows, Speak No Evil, Frankenstein, Limited Edition, that is as well, and it comes with signed art cards. Cracking story, that one. Good old Frankenstein. And Torchwood, Believe. These offers expire um, just before midnight on UK time on the 18th of June 2020, obviously. Coming up soon, my favourite thing, that's right, it's listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. But before that, our featured release is The Human Frontier, or more precisely, The Human Frontier 2. 2. New series. I have with me over Zoom, Pepta Lunkuse, who plays Anna Swift in The Human Frontier. Hi, Pepta. Hi, Nick. Hi. Sorry, I feel like I should say more than just hi, but hi. Hello, how are you? There you are, that's good. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm a little bit under the weather, not that anyone needs to know that. Um, Right, Um, how did your involvement with the human frontier come about? As if I didn't Um, know. (laughs) Yes, Um, well, I think you heard my episode of Doctor Who that I did uh, for Big Finish, and then presumably I think you liked the sound of my voice and liked... My acting, maybe. Um, I hadn't actually heard that, but Scott, oh. Scott Hancock, who directed you, told me how yes. brilliant you were. And then I listened to some, you had some clips elsewhere. I had to listen to. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. See, and, yeah, now listen, you, I yeah. thought, oh, she's good. <laughs> so there we go. And and as it turned out, I hadn't. I wasn't fooled. How good. Uh, <laughs> do you say? Do we have fun making the Human Frontier? Yes, I had lots of fun. Um, it was really, it was super creative because you had, um, you had, so we, I had uh, Genevieve and Lucy for most of the time, um, which was really fun to work with those two. But then when the, when the guys came in, um, Clive and Mark, they were like, Mark was doing like 
a hundred different voices yes. and it was just it was so entertaining but everybody I think everybody else has done work with Big, Big Finish before and has done a fair amount of audio oh yeah yeah type stuff so I was kind of I was a bit like like deer caught in headlights um newbie at the I mean yeah newbie because I've only this this is only my really second or third um audio thing so yeah it was like learning experience and and just fun because you don't it's not as it's intense in different ways to the Mm. kind of work that I've done before um so yeah it was just it was good to exercise a different element of my talent shall we say um let's say that let's say let's say talent, say, let's yes. say talent. <laughs> um but yeah no it was really fun and you were really free with it as well which was which was great so yeah fun i mean well i i kind of know what you mean but could you explain for people what you mean by free um free <laughs> i didn't charge one. you yes. <laughs> no yeah no um you uh you let us explore the characters. I mean, I, unless it was very specific. I know there was, there was points where I couldn't say certain words. Um, <laughs> Have you got um, any favourites? <laughs> I can't, you know, uh, there was one. Oh, there was one that I, there was one that I heard. I was listening to the episode the other day and Genevieve said it right and I said it wrong and she said it directly after me and it just sounds really odd but I can't remember what the word was I was species a, species well that's species 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 yeah there you go that one that's open to interpretation and also you know that was Anna Swift's way of saying it that's the way I view it that's what I'm going with that's what <laughs> <laughs> that was my idea with the um the character background I can imagine that some people might think that because I've written and directed it that I might be super controlling and kind of yeah. like this is the way it is and I try not to be like that. No, but also there was quite a lot. There was, I mean, the script was quite detailed. So it wasn't, it was, unless you really swayed away from what was written on the page, then, you know, everything was kind of there for you already. And you could just, um, yeah, you could just, you could work with it in the way that you've interpreted it, which was really nice. And you, yeah, you weren't overbearing because you were writing, directing the whole thing. Which I'm not naming names, but some people are. Well, that's very nice of you to say so. <laughs> um, how do you feel about this series being renewed for, you know, A Human Frontier 2? I'm very excited, but I don't know where, I don't know where Anna's story could go. I'm, yeah. it could go, I, I don't know where, I mean, like I've been, th- I was thinking about it before we started and Dendrick is a really interesting character now to me. And I'm like, I, he's a very sneaky, him and N- Nilly, very, very sneaky. And yeah, I just don't know. I don't know what. That's Dendrick, that's me. You, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps it should be all about me, Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know where she could, um, she could go. It's really open. So. Mm. But it's exciting because, yeah. I've got a few ideas, luckily. Thank goodness for that, because if you didn't, we'd be, we'll be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people have been asking questions about the ending, going, oh, I wonder where this is going to go. So that, that was a good thing. It's one of the things that inspired us to do more. We thought, well, yeah, clearly people 
if people had reacted by saying, oh, I've had enough of that. Yeah. Wouldn't be very good. Would it? Don't, don't do it then. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, what about you? How, I've, I never really found out. How did you get into acting? Oh, um, I acted my whole like school life type thing, but I actually wanted to be a director and mm. I spent a lot of my um, sort of like life outside of school um, doing various little like directing video type things, courses, not courses, but um, extracurricular activity type things, yeah. getting involved. Um, and then I... I moved when I was going up to um, college, sixth form. I moved from London to Bolton and went to school in Wigan. Wow, that's a big change, isn't it? It's a big old change, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big old change. Um, But um, when I got up there, I was really sort of arrogantly said, oh, I... I need to take drama at A-level because I have to know what an actor feels when I'm <laughs> directing them. Because um, my view before was ge- genuinely, my view before was like, well, actors are just moving props, breathing right. props. Yeah, a lot props. of people think that, yeah. A lot of people think that, but I was like, no, but you know, if you want to be a serious director, you need to be able to get into the mind of an actor. Um, and then I, I did... Um, I did like four A-levels. I did politics, English lit, film studies, and drama. Mm-hmm. And my first three classes for the day, I was the only person who was like talkative, asking questions, because also I just moved from London to Bolton. So it was like super scary. And like yeah. my first day, I was just like, no, you can't be shy. You don't have room to be shy. You have to be like bold and out there and blah, blah, blah. So I was that kid trying to be like, hey, I'm, this isn't weird for me at all whatsoever. It was super weird. Um, and then... Because <laughs> the whole thing, uh, for anyone listening who uh, doesn't live in England, there's quite a north-south divide, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, you know, northerners and southerners... They don't uh, get there's, on. There's, a, there's something, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. yeah so, uh, some don't... of my best friends are northerners, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> that you, you didn't pick um, up the accents there, did you? I, when, when I go back, I do. Oh, do when you? I, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I go back, my, um, I think there was, I think in, in episode one, there was a set, there was a word that, I, that was like an end of a sentence that I dropped and I was like, oh, that's super no- northern. Like sometimes I do, but not always. Um, yeah, so like my first three lessons, I was like super talkative and like loud, not loud, but like, you know, talkative and mm. friendly. And I was the only one. Everybody else was super shy. And I was like, Ugh. and then I turned up to drama. And every, when I say the entire class was just wild and like screaming and shouting and talking and really expressive and everybody was like, I was the only person talking in my class too. That's so weird. And I just remember (laughs) sitting there and being like, oh my goodness, I found my home. And I walked from, so I used to walk from my, uh, the, the train station, Bolton train station to my house. And it'd be like a 15 minute walk. And I remember there walking past a poster of Atonement. Oh yeah, yeah, the movie, yeah, yeah, the film, which I really loved actually. Yeah, um, me too. And and I just remember being like, I'm going to be on a poster like that one day. <laughs> wow. 
And that's my story. Um, and then it sort of just, yeah. And then I was just in the drama department. And then our department was really, the drama department was really good because they got drama schools. They got one particular drama school to come up to our school and audition. And then that got me onto the track of, oh, you can, you can um, go to a drama school rather than like a university. Because I was just going to do film at university. Um, yeah. and, then, and then, yeah, and then it sort of just... I got into drama school, got an agent, got work, and all just happened after that, really. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, what, what would you say the... This sounds like a slightly pretentious question. And also, I'd like to apologise for the rain. Can you hear the rain in my shed? I, Can you hear that? I, I can't, but... You can't, because you've only got no. little earphones. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, don't, don't, say, don't be mean about my headphones. You've got We're having a big a, old... A headphone off, yeah. <laughs> I was really conscious, because I was like, because my... Um, my like wireless ones are broken uh, so i was like oh no i'm gonna have to use the ones with the cord and he's gonna be able to see the cord but now i've got now these huge ones <laughs> these great chunky things i've got on my head they look super professional though yeah yeah, yeah. you're not seeing them in detail because they're all worn out with bits hanging off them um oh. yes what's here's my pretentious question what do you what was in your you know after you left drama school between then and now, what was, was your most, um, I don't know, enriching or valuable experience that you had or set of experiences? That's a really big question. It is. Have you got That's a small really... or a big answer? I don't. Oh. An actor friend of mine um, who I just remember, I did a job. I did um, John Joe O'Neill, his name is. I did a um, a job with him at Manchester Royal Exchange, the Crucible, and he played Mr. Not Putnam. What's the other one? I did that on stage as well. Who's the main character? Proctor. Right. Proctor. Um, um, and he, he told me, he said, the only thing that you, were, you ever really need to do is just be the character, which sounds really simple. But I think you spend, especially as a young actor, you, you, and especially having gone to drama school, you learn all these skills, vote, like um, voice lessons, movement, all of these things, which are great. And when you first come out, you sort of feel like you have to implement everything all at the same time. And that can come, not come off as false, but it, it, it can take away from the essence of why you started acting in the first place when it was just a gut, gut feeling. Um, and he, yeah, he just simply said, you just have to tell the truth of the character. And that's always stuck with me. And that's what I, that's, that sort of is, is where I begin my character work. What's the truth of this person? How are they human? How can, how can I connect with um, their human elements and, and the humanness of, of the story? And, and what is it trying to tell in terms of my connection to their experience, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's one that's really stuck with me. But then there's been, you know, there's been loads of, of stuff course. that people have said. But I can see how that has really informed what you do because it's very truthful. It's really um, Thank you. rewarding to work with you. Um, have you got any advice for aspiring actors, for maybe people who are thinking of going to drama school or, or I don't know, want to be actors but don't know how to go about it? What, what advice would you give someone? Well, drama school is a really great tool. I think um, it's really 
it's a really great way of getting into the industry if you if you don't have any kind of connections or just don't know where to begin that would be a great starting point but also i would encourage young people to join like a national youth like national youth theater other theater groups um try and you know go to auditions if there's an open call try and gain that experience as well because as much as drama school taught me i don't think i really started i don't think i really started learning the craft until i was experiencing the craft and i until i was uh, surrounding myself with people who have been in the industry for generations and you know watching them work that's one of the best ways you can learn sit there and watch and and give thanks to like having like my first job was a theater job uh in chichester and the majority of the cast were all these like veteran massive actors and just sat there in Janet Suzerman was my director who's like wow. a big yeah like a big old veteran um Shakespeare actress and just watching her watching uh, Michael Pennington like all these huge huge people work gave is is the best kind of you you know you take little things you take little notes and and um you just learn you i think you learn a lot from watching the way someone else works and you build your own thing obviously always build your own thing i'm not saying copycat or anything like that i just mean uh these people have had these experiences have gone through the th- the same thing that you're experiencing mm. so you know come come into a rehearsal room be humble sit there watch and and be inspired and encouraged because that's for me that was the best way of learning brilliant i i um i was impressed at how you asked me loads of questions before <laughs> did i yeah yeah you uh, i think we had a sort of uh, a text exchange uh, where you asked yeah. me stuff about the story and yeah. that's hardly ever happened in all my experience at big finish which i mean because it's great it's great because it shows you're interested and especially if you've written something, if I've written yeah. something and someone's interested enough to ask questions, I didn't take them as kind of questions of the, the nature of what is this rubbish? You were just, you were, you were trying to find stuff out so that you would know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I remember sort of texting you being like, I need to have some questions that are interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I see. So it was all fake, no, is what you're saying. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was genuine things that I wanted to know, but also yeah. I couldn't, you know, I, I, I couldn't ask them in a really simple way. They felt like <laughs> genuine questions to me. They were genuine questions, but it wasn't, I, I did think, because I, you asked me if I had any questions, and I was yeah, like, yeah. well, yeah, but I, in my head, I thought that we were going to just chat when we got to the studio. Yeah. But then when you offered the help, I was like, okay, well, yes, I mean, what does this mean and what it is? <laughs> well, I, because I was aware that because the, the beginning of the story is in a very strange order, I was aware that anyone coming to it without being inside my head is going to go, what is all this? Re- honestly, reading it was very strange. And I think when I, when I was trying to work on it, I had to just read Anna Swifty's things to yeah. start with rather than the whole, because it goes back and forth. But listening to it, it totally makes so much sense. <laughs> Phew! <laughs> that's that's according to me. Oh my! Um... It's brilliant. Your iPad's fallen over or something, and I just <laughs> saw the ceiling. I just saw the ceiling. 
sorry. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> change change of scenery. Um, yeah. Re- yeah. Listening to it, it's like everything really flows and like makes sense. And also that I think also that's the editing and all the extra stuff that you guys put in it mm. is really is really cool. And it's also great listening to the 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 other storyline that runs through the Triton storyline that oh, runs yeah, yeah. with us. Um, yeah, no, it's it's good. <laughs> well done. Good, uh, I'll take that review. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, now, listen, the, the human frontier deals with uh, a possible future for humanity. Mm. What, what are your feelings just generally about how the future will go or how it should go or either or both of those things, you know? <laughs> um, oh, my feelings about how the future should go or the future of humanity. Well, I think even though at the minute, I think obviously with everything that's going on right now, it's mm. a very strange world, but a strange and uncomfortable world, uh, but through uncomfortableness and through strangeness and through, you know, that something beautiful comes out of that and a new world, hopefully that is more uh, caring, not only for each other, but also for the planet. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just don't, I don't think that we necessarily have to ruin something and then run off to run off somewhere else to ruin another thing. I think we should be working towards, towards getting mother earth back to, back to the beginning. And it's not, it's, it's not like we can't do that. We just have to make certain choices, stop certain things, do things differently. And if enough people, if enough conscious people exist to be able to, to, to all join in that kind of community where the way in which we work and how everything works is more sustainable, is more, has a more connected impact to, to each other, then, then anything is possible, I guess. You sound optimistic. Which is, yeah, which is, which is weird because I don't think I <laughs> like the other day I was like it's definitely like doomsday's here like <laughs> definitely yeah. the end of the world is here and people just haven't realised and like God's gonna come down and it's gonna be blah 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 honestly that's like listening to various um, holy scriptures and that's all they're saying and I was like oh wow yeah no I think this is the time like but I don't know I feel optimistic now well, thank I think. goodness for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Do I didn't catch you that? the other day. I don't yes. know. I mean, I, I, as you can tell from my writing, I have a few concerns about the nature of humanity and people's prejudices and priorities being all skew with. But anyway, yeah. this interview, luckily for the listeners, is not with me. Um, <laughs> so, listen, I just wanted to say, as I said before, it's such a pleasure to work with you, a real privilege. And I hope to work with you again very soon. Thank you very much, Nick. I hope for the same too. I don't know why I said that really weirdly. I do. do that. <laughs> I think that means you secretly don't mean it. No, no. No. <laughs> no. Um, thank you. Thank you. And if you type Human Frontier into the yes. little search pane at the top of bigfinish.com, <laughs> you can order the Human Frontier right now. The first episode is also available for free. It is. It uh, is. But get on board now. It's a pretty epic journey and it's set to continue. Definitely get on board. And if you're not sure, just Google it or put it in Twitter and have a look at all the great comments people are saying. Oh, thank you, Benji. Uh, time now for listeners' emails. 
I like the human frontier. We're very much on the email frontier. I'm in my little email <laughs> ship. It's, sent, it's sort of shaped like a gigantic letter, sort of an envelope, really. Um, and we're cruising through space at uh, two miles per hour. So, oh, that's um, quite yeah. modest speed. Yeah. Well, it's all right, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We'll get there in a, a billion years. Um, yeah. First up, so it's so breezy. If you, if you, if you want to uh, email us, you don't have to go to your post office. You don't even have to go no, into space. Okay. All you need to do is sit with your phone or your laptop and uh, send your email to podcast at bigfinish.com. Oh. First up, this one is from Andrew Wooding. Hello, Nick and Benji. Hello. I love listening to the Big Finish podcast each Sunday. It's oh, like joining two friends each week. It's Hello. comfort listening, which is definitely needed in these strange times. Absolutely mm. right there. Oh, Andrew, yeah, no, no, come pull your chair closer. There we go. Not too close. Not that close. Social Not that distancing. Close. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the opening of Aladdin, isn't it? Too close. Um, first of all, um, for the last few weeks, you have announced a behind-the-scenes feature and then said... After that, you'll be looking at emails. But you don't look at emails after the behind-the-scenes feature. You look at them before. Could this be a mistake was repeated because you used the previous week's script as a template? Yes. God, what burks we are. I'm dreadfully I know, sorry. Well, I, well, the thing is, it's my fault. And so this week, I you know, I was trying to save time. I'm very busy. So I used the previous script and adapt it. But I've not done that this week. This is written from scratch, which is one of the reasons, Benji, why we're recording later in the day, because it took me so long to write it all from scratch. But it's, it's so, looking it's, remarkable. It's, it's, it's a fantastic typeface of Ariel. Uh, you it's know. not. It's Helvetica Noi. Oh, is it, it is. really? Well, well, now you're pushing the boat out, aren't you? Um, secondly, carrying on the email, this is the main question. How do yes. you decide if a box set has four discs or three? What are the factors? Is it expensive main actors? Something else? Thanks for answering. I also like Scorched. Earth. That's right. Very good. Uh, keep <laughs> you up. were doing that last week, weren't you? You were going. Certainly was. Yeah. Oh yes, of course. Yes. Was that thing what you've done? Was that thing what I've done? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Keep up the good work, Andrew. Well, Andrew, uh, there are loads of factors really. I think we're we're looking really to standardise everything at um, three discs for various budgetary reasons. Um, but uh, so anything that remains four discs is usually because it's part it's part of a series that um, was established as four discs. But yeah, moving forward, we will do three discs. I like three discs because it's a beginning, a middle, and an end. But yeah, there have been all sorts of cost issues because everything increases in price except our CDs. <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite quite difficult to make to square that circle, if I may put it that way. Uh, here's one from Avery L. Hello, Nick and Benji. I've just started listening to the latest podcast and want to comment on the new music you've put in the background. Oh. That was that was the music I used that you did for the lockdown video. Yeah. There we go. A bit of, few, yeah, a bit of sort of light, dancey, boppy yeah. doodah. Now, Avery says, while it's a new piece of music, I'm finding it very distracting and I keep having to press rewind every minute or so when I suddenly realise I've been listening to the music and haven't heard a word you've said. You're both great sound designers, so I leave this feedback in your capable hands. Thanks, Avery. Well, um, because of your comment, Avery, I have... I took the music off the beginning of the podcast so see if that works for you there we go I loved that music but if it's too distracting for you well well all right in the bin it goes 
Off it goes, there it goes, so it goes, so it went. Um, now we've got one here from David Hargreaves. Dear Nick and Benji, um, the BBC needs you to come to its aid in its darkest hour. Indeed, <laughs> the world needs you, or at least that significant portion of it, who are fans of Ambridge. Yes, it's time to talk about the BBC's second most important programme, The Archers, <laughs> the world's longest-running soap opera. Since you know what struck the, the big old dibbly doo dar out there, um, the BBC has not produced any new episodes and has instead subjected us first to repeats and now to a series of specially recorded monologues, which, to put bluntly, are excruciatingly bad. <laughs> the reason, according to the programme's producer, is because it's impossible to produce realistic audio drama under lockdown. Well, pardon me, but Big Finish knows better. So could you please do one of the following? A, speak to the most important person you know in the BBC and offer to take over producing the programme for the duration. B, ring the aforementioned producer of The Archers and tell him or her how to do it. (laughs) C, at the very best, send them a copy of Shadow of the Sun and hope he works it out for himself. If spaceships can hurtle towards the sun and be saved by the Doctor, I'm certain the old cow could be milked on Brookfield Farm. Here's hoping. Keep up the fantastic work, everyone. Never let your level of ambition be blunted by the naysayers who say it can't be done. David Hargreaves. Great email, great email. Yeah. I'm, I'm reminded of uh, a series I worked on years ago for the BBC called Nebulous, and when someone was going on about naysayers, one of the characters said, do you mean horses? <laughs> Horse speakers. <laughs> Difficult one, isn't it? I don't. I mean, it's it's all about, I suppose, about what gear they've got and what, what you know, the conditions of where all the, well, the actors thing are is, as well. The thing is, Benji, they are using clean feed, which is uh, the thing that, you know, you can record across the internet. So they've got everything set up that could do multicast drama, except they're only using it to record one person at a time. So it's kind of like it's they've pointless. come to the party, but they haven't opened the beer can. You know, it's really weird. I don't yeah. know why they think it's not possible. I don't understand why they don't think it's possible. And I have to say, I mean... I, I did listen to one of those Archer's monologues and it was just ridiculous. It was basically someone going, yes, and when I did this, I probably would have said this. And then I, uh-huh. I said this to them and I thought, oh, for goodness sake, what are you doing? That's not a monologue. It, oh, dear, it was just, yeah. Anyway, they know best. What do I know? I'm, sh- I'm sure what the BBC do is much better. Right. <laughs> That's it for the emails this week. More next time. Time now to go behind the scenes with this week's 8th Doctor box set release, starting a whole new series of intriguing adventures. It's Stranded Volume 1. Hello, I'm David Richardson. I'm the producer of Stranded. Hello, I'm Ken Bentley, and I'm the director of Stranded. We've known we've, we were going to be doing this for a long, long time. Um, we work a long way ahead on these, and I think we're about halfway through Ravenous, when um, we started having conversations about what we were going to do in the next run of four box sets. I was very keen to do something that was a complete change in tone. We'd done, I think, three big epic sets, hadn't we? We did Dark Eyes, we did Doom Coalition, we did Ravenous, and they were very different, but managed to, in a way, have a similar tone, Yeah, I think. Yeah, they were very large-scale, high-concept, it's, it was large-scale sci-fi, wasn't yeah. it? 
Yeah. yeah. So and suddenly one day it hit me, the idea of doing what would Doctor Who be like if you took Doctor Who away? I sent off an email to Ken, Matt Fitton and John Dorney and just proposed that idea. And thankfully they didn't say, no, it's a terrible idea. And we worked from there. Just just taking these characters back to Earth, they'd be stranded, they'd be cut off from the TARDIS, they wouldn't have any technology. And to some extent, in some of the stories, they wouldn't actually have any alien foes to fight. So who are they? I'm Matt Fitton, and I script edit Stranded and wrote the first episode, Lost Property. The Doctor's right. Out of the three of us, you're the best at dealing with the day-to-day. All right. But if we're still here next week, promise me something. Anything. You'll look into getting a job? What? In this first episode, I think I wanted to very much touch on how it feels kind of moving into a, a city, into a big, populous and sometimes anonymous city like London. It, that that every, It can feel very lonely and alienating and difficult but that you also have the potential to make connections and it's something that people don't necessarily do as much people can can live in these kind of shared houses and flats and, and not know their neighbours at all you can pass doors on the, on the street every day and not know who's behind them so I wanted to touch on the fact that actually the, the way that the Doctor and Liv and Helen more so actually behave is that they they want to get to know people they want to make connections and find out how to find, how to make their way in in this modern day they're not afraid to ask for help whereas in contrast the doctor really doesn't want to he thinks he can deal with things he thinks he can deal with anything but this is going to be one of the hardest things for him ever to deal with i'm paul mcgann doctor number eight without the targets my mind is fuzzy it's hard to concentrate all those other concerns pressing in oh the house the house that's modern living for you. Property management comes with responsibilities. I didn't ask for them. Honestly, it used to be a bolt hole, a respite. When we crashed, well, it was the first place I thought of. Excellent. I'm happy to move on if you're better happy to move on. What I like most about it is, or, or they, they constitute my favourite Doctor adventures, and they're the ones that, when he's on Earth, I think I might be a bit of a home bird or something. I like the earthbound adventures. In this particular one, of course, he and they are stuck on Earth. Yeah. yeah. And they're great, you know. Can't get off. Can't get away. Can't fix up the can't fix up the escape craft to get back. To disappear, to save everybody. And so he's he's impotent and gets a bit sort of bitter about it all. So you're going to see that side of him. I like that. <laughs> it's, good. It's, a, it's, a, it's another flavour. My name is Nicola Walker, and I play Livchenka. It's very unusual, and it made me laugh quite a, a lot once I realised the, the premise, because the premise is, how will Doctor Who cope? Doctor Who and his cohorts, how will they cope when they cannot travel through space and time? <laughs> how will they cope when they don't have a sonic screwdriver? How will they cope when they can't, they can't use any of the magic that is involved in travelling in the TARDIS? And they cope with varying degrees of success. Obviously the Doctor 
does not cope very well at all if you take him out of his environment I don't, and I don't mean his physical environment he's always <laughs> he's always outside of that but if you take him to a place where he, he has no purpose and no power he, he starts to go a little a little crazy for Liv it's the first time that she's stopped and and tried had a taste of being normal so for her it's a really interesting pause for the first time in her life I'm Hattie Morahan and I play Dr Helen Sinclair you need to get your own travel card, well, unless you want to knock it off our end. I promise we'll sort ourselves out soon. At least I hope so. That's the badger. Yes. Thank you very much indeed. It's very interesting. Yes, we find the team stranded in a very familiar world. We've been to Earth before and we've sort of had encounters, but there's always been sort of in a very supernatural or whatever you know sci-fi context and this is them sort of denied all their usual tools and and stuck they're kind of shipwrecked but in the present day in a very recognizable london without a tardis without all the gizmos that might help them get out of their fix i guess it's about seeing how they cope what what a normal life is what the pressures of an ordinary life and re- and threats that there's a, yeah, there's a sort of sense of the irony they start recognising that there are real threats that could, you know, harm or, or kill Liv and Helen. They've fought aliens before and yet something on planet Earth can get them and, you know, they, they wouldn't recover. So it's a sort of adjusting to new challenges. And if you go to bigfinish.com and type stranded into the search pane, you'll find yourself this lovely set of adventures. You know the search pane, it's that thing. It's all around your base. Anyway, it's highly recommended, obviously, because we're Big Finish. And don't forget the archers, the monologues are excellent. (laughs) Very soon now we'll be dramatising you with the first 15 minutes of Stranded. But first, what is it, Nick? Well, it's time to give you 25% off a randomly selected release. It's time for the Random Moid Selectatron. Biggity boo. Right, let me get it up. Let it be something marvellous. Do you want to know what the random word generator's done again? Today? Oh, yeah, yeah, Sweet, what's Sweet, it done? Yeah. Major is the random word. Yeah, well, we won't we'll go no further with that. <laughs> oh, yeah, thought quite. Um, the, here we go. What have we got? Here we go. It's Survivors Series 1. Oh, wow. An old school That's fantastic. One. Yeah. Wow. Wow, very um, topical. <laughs> oh, I didn't think of that. Yes, I suppose it is topical with the pandemic and we're all survivors. Uh, here is the trailer. We regret to announce that Parisian Airways Flight 305 to Charles de Gaulle has been assumed an incubation period of five to seven days, followed by a fever lasting anything upwards of 24 hours. Beyond that, well, we're only starting to see that now. Sorry, Mr. Redgrave. They're dead. This whole family, they're not breathing, not moving. But I got better, didn't I? I got better, so they, they, they should have got better too! We made the world so much smaller thought we were so clever. <laughs> Nobody ever thought what would happen if it suddenly got big again. This is Dr. James Gillison. 
Can anybody hear me? Well, when the plague came, I was in Holland. When I flew back, came down the coast, I saw enough to know that what we've experienced in Britain is likely to be the same across the world. You know what the towns are like. There's disease. I haven't spoken to anyone for days. I'm Jenny, by the way. Jenny Richards. It's a matter of survival. Now, you hadn't started work on Survivors at this point, had you? No, I joined... Series 2. Series 3, I joined, actually. Series 3, was it? But, oh, I, right, but okay. I'd listened to them already because I was so excited. I, I remember so clearly when I saw the news that uh, you were doing Survivors. And, uh, yeah, I was just... I was in there like a shot and uh, was very thankful to... to to work with you on it as well and, and be part of that and we did it for so long didn't we we was a real yeah. long old long old range that one but I, I think it's I, I still maintain it some of our finest storytelling yeah thoroughly recommend it we're going to give you a 25% discount on that it contains four stories Revelation by Matt Fitton Exodus by Jonathan Morris Judges by Andrew Smith and Esther by John Dorney um, it's just really good stuff I'm slightly biased I worked on it doing the music not the theme tune fantastic theme tune um, I um, the theme music is by Anthony Isaac by the way you know who was a great writer of um, theme tunes uh, and stuff uh, but I yeah I did the had lots of conversations with Ken Bentley about what to do about music because of course the original TV series of Survivors doesn't have incidental music does it Benji no not at all it's just completely it's, gr- it's gritty realism I would say is, is the the survivors did. You took a great approach, though, didn't you? Really, sort of eerie, sort of looming nastiness. Yeah, well, that was the thing. We really did consider not having music at all, but it was sort of not in the big finish style, and we wonder whether it might seem a bit bare. So Ken Bentley said to me, um, "I didn't follow his advice in that he asked me to watch a film called Paranormal." which is probably just too scary for me. He said, but I want that kind of thing. It's like, And I said, well, the way I'm thinking about it is like the noises that would go on in your head. You know, Ooh. strange. So I, it was very atonal and all sorts of weird noises with strange effects on. So my idea was that you wouldn't hear the music. You'd sort of feel it. You'd feel it like rumbling. You'd just feel a vibration, you know, and, and stuff like that. Um, I hope it worked. Um, I think I got bolder as the series went on into other box sets where I did actually use slightly melodic things and used primitive instruments, you know, whistles and things and um, tambourines and that kind of malarkey. But anyway, yes, the uh, survivors, not the survivors, Terry Nation's survivors. Uh, It's a good thing to get 25% off. Um, And what you do uh, to get that discount... And it is on a, uh, yeah, it's on a, is it avail- it's available as a CD as well. So it's for a CD or a download. Um, you go to the Big Finish site, bigfinish.com, and you find the podcast section. And then you'll see the first podcast there is the latest podcast. And in the text, it says the Randomoid Selectron features. And it says, click here. You click that. You go straight to the Randomoid Selectron offer. And then you enter a code. And the code is BUCKUP. B-U-C-K-U-P all one word in capitals no spaces no complications 
very well done just one final thing on survivors just for those because i know mm. that we've had this question asked before yes. you don't need to have watched the dvds and the original series no. or the rebooted series you don't need to watch any of that you can start no, you can start from series yeah. one afresh and it'll be fine I You're just wanted so to right. say that. that was, I think that's a very sensible point, my dear fellow. Thank you very much. It's, and, uh, yes, yes, yes. It explains the whole thing in there. Mm. Yes. Well, thanks to you and thanks to Ran. Oh. So, talking of Ran, we better yes. run off now. So, it's time Ran, for us to run, say goodbye. Oh. So, bye. And while we're away, why not treat yourself to the first 15 minutes of Stranded? Starring Paul McGann in Lost Property by Matt Fitton. Hope he finds it. stop Camden I Street Helen what oh I was looking for the landmark oh, that blue thing no one at the council knows where it came from it is odd I don't suppose you know a good solicitor no but I've worked in plenty of bad ones I have some names and addresses I thought they'd be easy to find but everything around here is so different now since you were traveling all the coffee shops and telephone shops I don't suppose you could spare the time. I'm sorry. I'll get an hour, Doctor, if I'm ten minutes late. It's hardly fair. Well, that's how the agency works. Local government's not my first choice, but it's all they had today. You can get the number 27 back to Baker Street over there. Thanks, Aisha. I'll work it out. Thank your sister for me, too. You need to get your own travel card. Well, unless you want to knock it off our end. I promise we'll sort ourselves out soon. <sighs> At least I hope so. Is it art or is it fly-tipping? That's the question on most people's lips. Sorry, were you talking to me? If you like. Sorry, do I know you? That's two apologies in under ten seconds. I've met dictators who've never apologized once in ten years. And you really don't seem the type to have done anything drastically wrong. You'd be surprised. You're interested in this, uh, installation? Ooh, curious choice of word. A police box on Camden Road. I'm old enough to remember what this was really used for. Not many people do nowadays. Mm, of course. The nature of objects can change over time, and a cabinet like this has more than one use. Yes. People seem to be using it as a library. I'd noticed over the past few weeks. They started leaving books inside, borrowing them, exchanging them. Mm, a novel idea, huh? <laughs> the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Dear old Jack. He never did like being called Clive. Can't say I blame him. A box full of stories. That's what it's become. Or perhaps that's what it always was. Have you got a 
particular interest? No, no. I've been passing this way most days recently. I'm very fortunate in that my retirement allows for these little excursions. I can be there when I'm needed without being there, if you see what I mean. Not really. Mm. You said you've been keeping an eye on it for a while. When did it arrive? Six weeks ago, just under. Mm. Seem to know a lot about his provenance. Your property, is it? Oh, no, it belongs to a friend. He left it here, rather by accident. He's hoping to fix it up. Uh, here you go, Doctor. Everything I can find. Thank you, Jim. Uh, 2020's a very lean period where you're concerned. You're telling me. Most of what you call tourist souvenirs. Not much of practical value, I'm guessing. You're right. I generally use this place for safekeeping. Usually after disabling anything dangerous. But there must be something useful. I was a bit hurt it took you so long. Well, I'd normally have other friends I could call on, other resources. Uh, unit's got its own problems. Defunded, the rumours say. Ain't seen hide nor hair of any of them for months. One girl used to pop in regular. Nice. Bit keen, though. In future, I really should think about leaving myself a spare sonic screwdriver. Well, you can always build one. Perhaps. Raw materials aren't too readily available. Although... Uh, ah, ah, false alarm. I suppose it's temporarily irresponsible to leave myself a screwdriver. So I can escape and leave myself a screwdriver. <laughs> ah, the old bootstrap paradox. No telling where it might lead. <laughs> Is that an actual tyre gauge? Mind if I... Hmm. Valves on the beetle are a bit dodgy. Thanks for the lend, by the way. No use to me, what with the running costs. It's my other vehicle I need now. I'm supposed to be meeting a friend. Not the friend who owns the box. Another one. We have a few errands to run this afternoon. Oh, we all have such busy lives. I suppose I should get back to work myself. I thought you said you were retired. Oh, that's the beauty of it. My retirement means I can focus on the work I enjoy. Although I do have to be careful not to get caught up in things. And what is it that you enjoy? I'm a curator of a very special private collection. And I'm always looking out for interesting pieces. Oh, really? I used to work at the National Museum. Where are you based? Oh, you wouldn't know it. It's rather out of the way. Are you thinking of adding this box to your collection? Oh, no, not at all. Believe it or not, I already have one. Helen! Oh, my friend's here. Hello, Liv. I did it. Sold the last of them. That little stall in Camden Market. Ron was right. How much do you get? Uh, just over a hundred. Is that a lot? Still working out what this stuff is worth. It'll keep you in custard creams for a month or two. But you should probably stop waving it around in the street. You don't want to attract the wrong sort of attention. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, hello. He's an art collector. He was just admiring the police box. He wants to buy the TARDIS. Oh, I doubt I could afford it. And I very much doubt the owner would wish to part with it. I didn't catch your name. I didn't throw it. Please excuse me. I shall let you two get on. I'm sure you have a lot to take care of. Yes, we do. Goodbye. It was nice to meet you. Yes, goodbye, dear Helen. Goodbye, Liv. Who was that guy? I have absolutely no idea. 
paperclip. Yo-yo, type in another yo-yo. Go on, then. Why'd it take you over a month to come see me? Liv mentioned it. Remember that doomsday clock? Oh, how could I forget? She had to remind me. Without the TARDIS, my mind is fuzzy. It's hard to concentrate. All those other concerns pressing in. Oh, the house. The house. That's modern living for you. Property management comes with responsibilities. I didn't ask for them. Honestly, it used to be a bolt hole. A respite. When we crashed, well, it was the first place I thought of. You're saying you own a house? Yes, not far now. Don't you recognise it, Liv? We've been tramping through pouring rain for half an hour. I've not really been taking in the sight. That was Regent's Park, don't you remember? I'm more worried about what's happened to the TARDIS. She used every ounce of her strength to escape the Crucible. No control, no navigation. Instinct brought her to her second home, Earth. And she gave up the ghosts. The control room was collapsing. We were lucky to get out. The TARDIS just died. Or retreated. She's resilient. I'll find a way to get her back. In the meantime, we can get our bearings. Oh, this place! Isn't this Baker Street? Expensive area. Number 107. I made the investment a long time ago. Where's your key? Back in the TARDIS? Oh, don't worry, I'll keep a spare. Under the... Oh. Something wrong? New doormat. No flower pot. Oh. No key. Sonic screwdriver? Sorry, it's somewhere back on that desert planet. Locked? I don't understand. Now what? On the upside, I don't think I can actually get any wetter. How about a hotel? Good luck without any currency. Doctor, did you bring any money? Credit cards? Psychic paper? It was all in the TARDIS. And the TARDIS is now an empty wooden shell. Hello? Can I help you? Yes. What are you doing in my house? I beg your pardon? Sorry. He's rude. We're not. But we are all soaked. I think there's been a mix-up. Do you live here? Yes. Flat number one, right here. It was never flats. He's the doctor. Um, Liv, this is Helen. Please, can we come in? The doctor owns the house. Or did. Oh, you mean you're something to do with Mr Brewster? If we say yes, can we get out of the rain? Come in. I can call someone. Thank you. Brewster. Thomas Brewster. I should have known better than to leave it in his hands. My beautiful house. Carved up into flats and rented out by an agent. Quite a shock to find your bolt holes being colonised. You should have left the key with me. I know that now. But we're in, thanks to a helpful tenant in flat one and an interrogation from a letting agent who put the Daleks to shame. I can't change my own history. All that time, Lord Shenanigans. Rather you than me. Oh, hello. Uh, actually, you know what? There is something else back here. Something useful? Oh, totally forgot. Came in on my last shift. Hadn't had the chance to file it properly. What is it? Well, it looks like one of them Chinese puzzle boxes. Or a Rubik's Cube. Hang on. Yeah, there's a note in the ledger. Yeah, it says my brother's got a related item over in Underground Lost Property. Any clues at all as to what it might... Did you feel that? No. I'll check in with Midge anyway. He's only down the road from your gaff by the tube. Yes. Psychic controls. This could be just what I need to wake her up. Maybe a jump start if I can create an interface. Thank you, Jim. Well, hold on. He didn't sign it out. 
Uh, you didn't want to take the underground? Mm, it makes me feel like laundry in a dryer. Besides, we're saving money. Now I've sold off the junk from the doctor's jacket. And the doctor's jacket. My earrings, silver pocket watch and a handful of antique coins. Thank heavens for vintage market stalls. How is the TARDIS? Still dead. I don't know why he expects anything different. Where is he, anyway? Guess. And that station across town. Bothering his alien mate. If I'd known there were so many aliens dotted around London, I'd have written my thesis on something far more sensational. Extraterrestrial assimilation and cultural adaptation. <laughs> Would that have helped your job prospects? In the 1960s? No. Maybe now. We've dropped into this future before, but never stayed long enough to see how things have really progressed. Women. In business and politics. Prime ministers, even. Still looks pretty unequal to me. I've watched that Senate broadcast thing. You mean the Parliament Channel? Full of old men with very similar skin tones. How'd you tell them apart? I thought the founding families on Caldor were bad enough. Didn't realise how good we had it. It's my planet, my country. I can see things are changing. Okay, so where's that multi-million credit job you can walk into? We're all at a disadvantage there. It'll take time to find something that suits. I'll ask Aisha about her temp agency. Or her sister might know of something. I could ask Tanya. Though we've got nothing to prove we exist, officially. Remember that shop? Started off trying to sell the doctor a mobile phone contract. Ended up calling the police. That was more to do with him taking their display models apart. All his skills and the doctor hasn't found a job either. Yeah. But he's not trying. Fair enough. At least London's familiar. I'm a little more crowded and anonymous. Wasn't it strange that old guy knew our names? He heard us. Sharp as attack, that one, despite appearances. Though I am slightly suspicious of anyone taking an interest in the TARDIS. I wouldn't worry. It's well and truly kaput. Psionic interface, what are you? Where are you from? Uh, Dr. Smith? I'm sorry, can't stop, Ms. Uh... Bell? Tanya Bell? Told you half a dozen times. Tony, the landlord's here. Did you want to ask about that leak? You do it. I'll only get annoyed. I'm oh, sorry, please take up housekeeping issues with my assistants. Assistants? But they love being called that. Was that Dr. Smith? Yeah, he's gone upstairs. Can I get my travel card back? Too late. He's up in his attic. Well, it wasn't like this when Mr. Brewster was in charge. It was a damn sight worse. Oh, give him a chance, Tony. He's only just discovered his responsibilities. <laughs> Must be a shock. I'd love a shock like that. Inheriting a house in the middle of London. Wouldn't we all? Sorry, I'm closed. I know. Oh, it's you. Uh, hello, sir. This is an honour. Yes, yes. I'd like to see your inventory. Now, if you don't mind. Um, well, well... I'm not sure if I... I mean, I'm a, that's not the usual practice. I'm not the usual practitioner. Are you refusing me? Uh, well, it's on your own instructions. You're not supposed to have any influence. You've retired. I know, but this is strange. I'm sensing an unravelling of time, a disturbance in the ether. Things are not what they should be, or rather, they very soon won't be. <laughs> Yeah, all right, all right. I'll make sure we're not interrupted. Well, it may take a while. He, he left things in quite a mess. I'm not interested in what he left behind. It's what he took away that could be important.
You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe.